Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And, well, here we go, level three of the WIAA <laughs> football playoffs and the, the teams of dwindling as far yeah. as teams from our area. Yeah, we've got eight left in the one through seven and four left in uh, eight man. So we're down to, down to the precious few, and we're going to have some pretty good games here in level three. Yeah, we'll uh, look first of all in our area in Division Seven. There's only one matchup uh, in our area, and that has uh, well, pretty good one. Yeah. Edgar at Regis. <laughs> kind of, you know. I guess when I look at the whole bracket, you know, I kind of thought right away. You know, and I don't know a lot of the teams on the right, but you know, Regis Edgar Level Three that could be a state championship matchup. Yeah. You know, so but you do have Banger on the bottom, and you do have some pretty good schools on the other side yet, so we'll and, see what and happens. And Bangor is one of those teams that's playing pretty well right yeah, now. Yeah, and Bangor was originally in the D6, and then I don't know what the snafu was. I think it was um, actually some one of the co-ops uh, didn't have the team from Illinois. Mean, I don't know if maybe it was Blackhawk or oh. but they didn't have the co-ops total population, and when they got it, it was somebody in six that ended up in six, and Banger went back to uh, seven. Oh, and, okay. And uh, they're a pretty good three seed in uh, yeah, seven. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, the Edgar Regis game, by the way, live on 92.3 FM, WOSQ, mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night, starting at 7 o'clock. Mm. So your team is still alive there in Division yeah, 7. Yeah, on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, Regis, and then I, I picked Blackhawk Warren to be their opponent in the finals. Um Blackhawk Warren's got a pretty big good test going up to Cashton tomorrow mm-hmm. night, though too, Larry. So, and on the other side, on the bottom of that bracket, Cambria, Freeland, and Shockton both have had and shocked and knocked out Reedsville, who was a, a D7 champion last year. So, okay, so all right. Uh, so Division Six, we have uh, Stratford at Grantsburg. I uh, don't know a lot about Grantsburg. Yeah, I don't either. Except you know they've had some pretty athletic teams. Yeah. On in both girls and boys the last several years. So. I would think nothing else, but uh, I look for Strat- Stratford to go up there and do a good, go up there and beat them. I okay. think I, right. I, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, but then a week after you're going to run into a boat buzzsaw because you're going to have the winner of Coleman and St. Mary Springs the next week. So, yeah, those <laughs> yeah, two good teams there. You bet. So uh, the Stratford Grantsburg game live tomorrow night on 14:50 a.m. and 98.7 FM WDLB. And then Mondovia, a team we've covered last week yeah. that beat Auburndale. They yeah. traveled to Marshall. Yeah, that should be a good matchup, too. You know, Marshall, uh, they've had some pretty good athletic movements. Uh, last year, their basketball team, which is coached by Dan Deniston, Pittsville alumni, uh, went made, made at the state last year. And uh, so we'll see. Mondovi's going over there. Mondovi really ran the ball well against a pretty good Auburndale team. But uh, they got a couple of breaks, too, though. And yeah. Auburn, that, that was a heck of a game that we covered last week. So, man. But Dawson Rudd is just the longer he played, the better he got. That yeah, I we think. talked to uh, a guy after the game, and he said that that's what Mondovi likes to do is just yeah, wear, wear him down. down. And that's what they did. You know, um, Auburndale has a forty-six man roster, but a lot of their guys went both ways, and they got pretty tired. Yeah, uh, Mondovi had two long drives in yeah. the second half for touchdowns, and pretty much all on the ground all except the ground. for a couple of short passes. So. Yeah, that takes a lot out of your defense. Yeah, and their big deep threat, Fremstead, of course, was ineligible to play last week because he got kicked out of the game in level one, (laughs) but he will be back this week. So I expect to see a little different Mondovi team, at least taking some shots. They took no shots absolutely downfield against Auburndale. No, obviously they rely on Fremstead a lot. Yeah, he averages about 20 yards a catch. Yeah, yeah. All right, so your Division Six, Yeah, still good to uh, go yet there? Let's see. Yes, I have... uh, St. Mary Springs and uh, 
Kenosha St. Joe's, I believe. And uh, yes, that's right. And, yeah. and I have St. Mary Springs winning it. So, All right. Well, so we'll so see. <laughs> we got two divisions, and you're level three, and you're still doing yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till we get to later. <laughs> yeah. Division five, uh, the game that we're going to be at, uh, 92-7, WPKG. Colby taking on Aquinas down at UW Lacrosse. Uh, there's a battle of two division. Uh, returning champions. Yeah, this is a really cool matchup. Right? Yeah. Just because of that, uh, Colby was, of course, D6 champion last year, and Aquinas was D5, and uh, um, both of them shredded up the heart of the North Conference last week. Colby going over 28 to nothing at St. Croix Falls, and, and Aquinas going up and having their way at Northwestern, which is not easy to do either. Right. So, But uh, this should be a heck of a game we're going to cover. So, yeah, and so. I had a chance to talk with uh, head coach Jim Hagen of the Colby mm -hmm. Hornets. Uh, yesterday morning, and here's what he had to say about his team and that matchup tomorrow night. All right, Coach, uh, congratulations, first of all, on uh, reaching uh, level three of the uh, playoffs once again this year. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, now, you look at your team, uh, you score a lot of points offensively, but you've really got to be pleased how you've played defensively in these playoffs, allowing just 16 points so far in two games. Yeah, defensively, you know, we have been playing really well. You know, like we have all season for the most part. Um, you know, it's, you know, once you get in the playoffs, you just never know what to expect, you know. And at times we'll bend a little bit, you know, but we just haven't really broken, you know. And uh, that's just a credit to our to our defense and our defensive coordinator, Coach Logan Rosemeyer, who does such a good job of, of getting our uh, players prepared to, to play defense every week against these very good football teams. Offensively? Uh, you guys have really uh, put up the points here in the first two games, and uh, you haven't really relied on running or passing. You kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I would say we've been a little bit run heavy in the playoffs, you know, being that we only threw the ball two times against St. Croix Falls. Um, you know, again, Coach Mazel, who's our offensive coordinator, does a really good job. And, uh, you know, we got some awfully good running backs, you know, with Caden Healy and, and Tevin Rue, and now Ivan Hamer has stepped in to, to play fullback for us. And, uh, you know, that three-headed monster is just difficult to stop at times. And, again, a, a big credit goes out to our offensive line. You know, they have just really flourished throughout the season. and They're just continually getting better and better each week. And um, it just, it's just, yeah, fun to watch as a coach. Some days I just step back and, and watch how well they do. And, you know, it just, you know, just obviously makes for going to practice so much more fun, you know. And uh, the guys are just a great group of guys to work with. And, you um, you know, we're going to have our hands full, you know, on Friday night against Aquinas. But, you know, we're, we're having some good practices here, and we're just, you know, we're just enjoying the ride right now. Now, I mentioned, uh, you know, kind of a balanced attack, uh, and you said run heavy. Is that something that you do, or is that something you do because of the way the defense dictates? You know, I, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, kind of what the, the defense dictates, you know, and, you know, Colby football is going to be a is going to be a run team first. You know that that's kind of our philosophy here at Colby. You know we want it. You know when we go into the season, we want to be we want to be about 75, 20, 25 percent. You know as far as run versus pass. Um, but just you know we've been running the ball so effectively these last you know few weeks and last couple games. You know it's just it's just sometimes hard to go away from that when something's working really well for us. And we went away from it a little bit against Auburn now. It kind of came back to bite us a little bit. And, um, you know, when we get these nice leads, you know, in these games, it's just it's just nice to stay comfortable and keep doing what we're doing well. And um, like Friday night, you know, we Coach Mazel said, you know, he got in the comfort zone running the football and he just didn't want to do anything dumb. And 
throw a pass, you know, and, and risk that turnover, that interception. So, you know, I guess, um, yeah, we're just, you know, going to kind of give us what the defense allows. Now you're going into this uh, level three matchup with Aquinas, and uh, people might look at this matchup and say, wow, it's a number four seed against a number three seed. But uh, you guys might deep down inside be thinking this is maybe a one versus a two seed. Yeah, you know, I, I guess I'll let the <laughs> WIA, you know, and their formula kind of decide all that stuff. You know, I'm not going to lie, when we saw the seed come out, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, you finished the season 8-1, and one, you know, and you have yeah. a pretty good year, and then you end up getting a four seed. And then to make it worse, you get put in such a tough bracket, you know, with GET and Northwestern and St. Croix Falls and Aquinas, and I'm like, holy cow, can it get any tougher than that, you know, but... At some point, you got to beat those teams anyway, and so far it's worked out to our advantage. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be two very, very good football teams, you know, defending state champs, slugging it out at UW-Lacrosse on Friday night. So. How much of an advantage is it for you now as a coach? Well, actually, both of you guys, you just mentioned, they're defending champs, so you've made it through this far to the playoffs the last two years. I guess you as a coach, how much uh, does this favor you as far as getting ready for, uh, for level three now? Yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, Aquinas has been there before, too, last year. I mean, I think it's potentially helped us against some of the other teams, you know, in the previous weeks that we've played because, you know, we do have that experience and we do know what it's like to play in big games, you know. And, you know, we've played in some big games this year, you know, whether it's against, you know, Edgar or Auburndale, you know, and Abbotsford. And, um, you know, we kind of talk about it a lot during, you know, and I shouldn't say a lot, you know, we do mention it occasionally to the players, you know, things are going to happen during a game, you know, a lot of things good are going to happen and sometimes it's not going to go so good, but you know, you, you can't panic, you know, you can't flinch and you just got to keep playing and, and don't worry about the scoreboard. And, you know, I think, you know, that's what our players did really well against like Edgar, you know, we got down early in that game, but we didn't panic. We didn't flinch, you know, we stuck to the game plan and, you know, good things are going to happen. So, you know, again, Friday night against Aquinas, you know, not everything is going to go perfect, you know, and it's mm-hmm. just, again, you know, don't panic, don't worry, just, you know, get to the next play and, and do your best. And really what we've emphasized more than anything, you know, in the last couple of weeks once you make the playoffs is just go out and have fun, enjoy this, you know, enjoy the experience. And, you know, because that's what high school sports are all about is just going out and having fun and competing and doing the best you can and let the chips fall where they may. Now, you mentioned uh, Aquinas coming up Friday night. Uh, uh, this is a team that does like to throw the football. They've got an excellent quarterback in uh, Jackson uh, Flotmeyer. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going to be the key here for you guys? Let's first of all start defensively against this team. Yeah, again, you know, you know, first thing that comes to mind is just diversity. You know, they've got so many different formations that they're going to throw at you and just you know, our players are just going to have to recognize what's the formation. Let's get aligned correctly. And then once, you know, we get aligned correctly and know the formation, you know, what are the tendencies out of of these formations? And then once you get kind of through that in practice, you know, then hopefully in the game you can just recognize, you know, align and just react, you know, and let your instincts take over and play fast, you know. Um, But defensively, you know, I think, too, just, you know, he is a great quarterback. Obviously he's very skilled. He's, you know, 6'5", 220-some pounds, you know, the – defending state player of the year last year in small schools and you know it's just not giving up that big play you mm-hmm. know and because that those are backbreakers to any defense you know and just 
that can really deflate a team in a hurry. It's just, you know, you're going to bend at times, but just, you know, can't give up the big play. And, you know, again, you know, a lot of things that they do, it's, you know, there's some downfield throws that he's going to make, but they throw a lot more screens than people think. Mm. You know, it's just recognizing and trying to stop the whole. <laughs> now, offensively, for you guys, uh, obviously, you're probably not going to change much. Uh, pretty much dance with who brung you, right? Yep, yeah, we're going <laughs> to. We're going to try to be run heavy, you know, and, you know, we know that, that they're going to be a very good defense. You know, they're very fast. They have two really aggressive linebackers, you know, which we're really going to have to account for those linebackers and make sure we get those guys blocked on our sweep and, and things like that. So, again, it, you know, it comes down to executing and blocking and, and not turning the ball over, you know, and we're going to have to move the chains. We're going to have to put points on the scoreboard and, um yeah, and, and hopefully we can throw the ball a little bit more effective than we have the last couple of weeks, you know, just to keep them off balance a little bit. And, um, again, just, you know, it, it really, you know, football, like, like most sports, it comes down to executing and who's going to block and tackle better. So. All right, well, we wish you good luck Friday night in Level right. 3. Thank you, Larry. That's Coach Jim Hagan of the Colby Hornets. And a lot of what he says in that is execution. Yes. They have to execute – you know, they're not really going to do anything different. They've yeah. run the ball a lot in right. the playoffs. So yeah. if they can execute. Yeah. Defense, you know, Flotmeyer is, uh, is yeah. a dual threat. He's a good guy. Tremendous passer, tremendous runner. And um, they've almost got to have a spy on him all times because if he goes back to pass and he's got a chance to run, he's going to. And uh, so and he's a big kid. Big kid. Yeah. Yeah. Big quarterback. Yeah, they're talking D2, maybe, you know, even a possible D1 walk-on for him. Oh, okay. So, so, but definitely D2. So. Yeah, 25 touchdown passes, yeah. so he's definitely uh, – Yeah. <laughs> he's worth a D2, I <laughs> yes, think. Yes, I think so. so. Uh, this will be the 12th playoff appearance for Aquinas. And Colby, 28th playoff yeah, appearance. Yeah, I think yeah, – boy, there's been very few years where Colby, since the playoff system came in, as it is as such – that they have uh, not be, not not been in it some right. way or another. Yeah. So, but yeah. uh, Coach Hagen has a tremendous program working up there. So, yeah, and that's you know you mentioned about how interesting this is where you yeah. got the defending Division yeah. Five champ going yeah. against the defending Division Six champ from last year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen every day. No, and, it doesn't. No, yeah. it doesn't. And I'm, I I do have Aquinas pick to win D five. So okay. Um, All right. Their opponent was supposed to be Lake Country Lutheran, but uh, that went by the wayside pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so now the picks are starting to yeah, they, do yeah. downhill U- a little bit. took care of that. Lake Country Lutheran got beat by Oodsburg in level one. Oh, so that, okay. That went out the window. So, but. All right. Uh, anything else in the other divisions? Uh, yeah, you know, most said, of the teams we covered are Yeah, uh, you know, are I gone. Just basically, you know, and I, I do want to say, you know, like with Aquinas, Larry, you know, they're kind of like Catholic Memorial, I think, in D4. They play up a division and schedule, and that's why they're so tough in the division they're in. Yeah. So, And, uh, you know, I said in D4, everything pretty much holding serve there because um, you pretty much got the ones and twos all the way through. So, so, so. Uh, there were some defending champions that were eliminated yeah. last week. Yeah, uh, Pewaukee gets knocked out yep. by uh, Monroe. Monroe, and... Uh, that was in Division Three. You're right. So Reedsville, as you mentioned, lost uh, to Shyacton. Right. Actually, got shut out by shut out. Yeah, yeah. Shyacton's a good a team that's nobody's really heard about. No. You know, they fly kind of under the the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're over there, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, but uh, Franklin lost in Division One. Yep. 
defending yeah. champs yeah. there. Franklin lost quite a bit. And actually, their quarterback from last year is standing on the sidelines for the Badgers this year. Oh, so okay. Miles Burkett. So, sure. So. Uh, then there's an interesting, we mentioned Colby, how they are the defending Division Six champs. Mm -hmm. Now they're in Division Five. Yep. So there'll be a new champion in Division Six yeah. and Division Two as well because Wanaki was uh, mm -hmm. Division One champions right. last year. Now they're Division Two. Yeah. So we'll see what happens to Wanaki. They're going, you know, they're going up a division, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think they've got a good enough program. So uh, yeah, Wanaki was Division Two champ. Yeah. Now they're Division One. Right. So yeah, I wanted to uh, point out one in. Uh, uh, D3, Larry, yep. uh, seventh seed making it all the way to level three in Notre Dame. Um, oh, wow. They started off beating Reedsburg, and then last week they beat Menasha. So, you know, so they're mm. uh, seventh seed, and they're going up against West Salem. So hard, hard to say. West Salem is a number one seed, but you never know there. So Who that, gets hot? It's Who hot, gets hot? Hot, 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 hot. So. You never know. And my, uh, as I say, my D4 picks are still there, Catholic Memorial and Ellsworth. My D3 picks are still there, uh, Monroe and Rice Lake. So, okay. Um, D2, I lost Hartford, though. So, <laughs> But I still have Cal Moraine winning the championship in D2. So, All right. But, uh, well, you're doing so, good yet. Yeah, we're trying. We're giving it our best. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting tournament. But it, when you look over it all, it, it seems like the cream is rising to the top in, yep. in level three. So, um, uh, You know, you're getting back to this Aquinas-Colby matchup. Yeah. You know, uh, they, they knocked off the one and two seeds. Right. And it almost, and I asked Coach Jim Hagan yeah. that, deep down inside, do you think that right now this game is going to be the one and two seed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it would be. You know, on paper, they're number yeah. four and three. But yeah, there's no way that Kobe would not have been. If Kobe would have won the last game against Auburndale, they would have probably been the number one yep. seed. And then, actually, then if probably the 1-4 game would have probably happened in level two then with them and Aquinas because, you know, Aquinas right. probably falls to a four. Then, sure, so, but yeah. It's in level three, but. Uh, <laughs> Could be know. almost a state championship. But I, I, I think it's pretty darn close. I think yeah. it's pretty darn close. So Colby yeah. is playing so well. You know, they, they got beaten that last game against Auburndale. And as we've seen last week, Larry, Auburndale is a very fine ball club. And, I you know, and people say, well, Colby turned the ball over six or seven times. Auburndale is terrific on yeah, defense. Yeah. Offense, they're a little vanilla. You know, they try to run the ball. Weber is a good dual-thread quarterback, oh, but yeah. he's a better runner than a passer. But uh, Cherney is a good receiver. But, you know, they just – I think they just got tired against yeah. – uh, and then the couple of pass interceptions in late in the second half, too, shut them down, too. So And, and Mondovi kept the ball out of their hands. Right. I mean, they know, such yeah, long drives. But uh, they, their punter, uh, Cherney – or Wilford, Alex Wilford, Wilford. Yeah. yeah, he really was a star the first half, pinning uh, Mondovi twice, and then, yeah. and of course, that set up uh, Faulkner with a punt off the side of his foot, and then gave uh, Auburndale a short field for their touchdown. But other than that, they really struggled to get things going mm -hmm. on offense. Yeah, but, yeah. So. so it'll be interesting how Mondovi fares now coming off yeah. that one. So level three of the playoffs tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, yeah. The girls' state volleyball. Uh, tournament gets we underway. We talk about eight oh. man quick, Larry. Oh too, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, because uh, you bet. Yeah, Newman is still in it. They play Siren Friday, I believe. I'm not sure where these games are at. And then on the other side, Belmont and Wabino Wabino Leona, excuse me. But one note I wanted to bring up in eight man, um, even though his team was ineligible, knock on wood for the playoffs, uh, Logan Amacher of Owen Withy is a finalist for eight-man defensive player of the year. Oh, so well, good for him. He had 65 tackles and five interceptions this year for the Owen Withy Blackhawks. And 
just a fine senior athlete yeah. and looking forward to seeing him play basketball yeah. too. So, yeah. so. Uh, By the way, that Newman Catholic Siren game is at Chippewa Falls. Okay. At Chippewa All right. Falls. All right. Yeah, those are semifinals for you. Yes, yep, yep, yep. They'll have their championship next week. Yep. And that's in the Rapids, I believe. Yep, in Wisconsin Rapids. Okay. All right, so uh, we get to state volleyball. That's getting underway uh, today uh, over in Green Bay. They have Division mm -hmm. One quarterfinals. Mm -hmm. And uh, boys also will be playing at yep. the same time. They right. kind of rotate them around. Yep. Uh, throughout the weekend here, yeah. but uh, how many boys teams go over eight? Because yeah. that's just a D one thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's as many yeah. uh, schools as no. far as boys go. And I don't think there's a, a school north of ninety four. No, there? they're all south. Yeah, maybe right. in the Fox Valley, maybe, but yeah, you know, yeah. otherwise they're all Milwaukee, Madison yep. area. Mm -hmm. uh, but Division one quarterfinals today. You got defending champ Oconomowoc mm -hmm. taking on uh, Wauwatosa East mm -hmm. tonight at seven. The other seven o'clock game tonight. As uh, Burlington, who's there for the ninth straight, ninth straight time. game, yeah, wow, <laughs> a school you think of more for football and and other things, but uh, strutting their stuff in volleyball, and they're going against a pretty good Chai High team, who's making their first trip, first trip, but had to go through a pretty good gauntlet intersectional. You know, Hudson, uh, River Falls, and Marshfield yeah. made up the other, and you know, and so they're actually they actually had to play two teams from their own conference, so so and they beat them both and got down there, so good for them. And uh, the other games uh, at one o'clock this afternoon. You got Divine Savior Holy Angels, eleventh time yeah. they've been there, yeah. uh, and they're taking on Middleton. Yep. And then last year's runner-up Appleton North takes on Kettle Moraine. Yeah, Kettle Moraine, well represented in the football too this year. Yeah. So, so yeah. But, uh, looking forward to uh, Friday though, Larry. Um, one of the teams in D two, Bloomer, and we I watch Bloomer in person here up here, and they're very good, very very good. Strong second-place team out of the uh, Western Clover Belt. You know, so. now there's a team. You know, we talk about schools like Aquinas mm -hmm. being in the lower division playing higher divisions. Yeah. Bloomer plays lower division teams, teams all year. Yeah, and now they're going up, and it'll be interesting how they do it. So Yeah, they're know. in Division two, yeah. and they're at State. They take on Xavier yeah. tomorrow afternoon at 2. And then, uh, of course, McDonald Catholic, last year's champion in Division yeah. four, number one seed. They play tomorrow morning at 9. Yeah, And then Athens is... Uh, the other D four semifinal mm -hmm. against Monticello, so be uh, be a pretty good championship yeah. at McDonald and Athens. You up. bet that would be pretty good for this area. So, yeah. So while we're talking about volleyball, yep. Larry, uh, let's talk about the Clorabel East All Conference team. Um, the first team is led by Courtney Summer, a junior from Columbus, who was Player of the Year, and also on that first team are her teammates Aliyah Kren and Jenna Kibble along with uh, Grace Tallier of Gilman, uh, Tatum Weir of Gilman, uh, Kavana Thompson of Colby, and Delaney Rochester, the fine senior from Nielsville, wrapping up her career with an all-conference. And then on the second team, some of the people on there, uh, Izzy Hoglund, Lily Stratman from Columbus, um, Aspen Hagen from Loyal, Paris Opelt, the fine junior from Nielsville, uh, Rena Arndt uh, from Owen Withy, and then honorable mention, uh, Amelia Trunkel uh, and Avery McFarland, two more seniors from Nilzo heading up their career. Uh, every, Avery Wietrich, who is from Greenwood, and then Addison Wolf from Loyal, and she is a freshman. And there's a lot of, she's going to be a pretty good athlete in all sports coming up for Nilzo, okay. for Loyal, coming up in the years. Well, we're good to see, yeah, good so. to see her moving up yep, in the ranks. Is. Excellent athlete. So, all right. So. Yeah, must be if she's <laughs> getting honorable mention as a freshman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that very often. No, no. Especially volleyball. Yeah, and she's played a lot of club basketball, and, oh, okay. and I believe she's also very good, and excellent in track and field too. So, 
All right. So we'll see down the line. But we'll remember <laughs> that name. Addison Wolf. Coming yes. up through the ranks. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of which, let's go to uh, where are they now? We didn't uh, get a chance no, to do it last yeah, week. Yeah, but. I had her already, but uh, <laughs> Gene has more where, where are they now in his head than I Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, he's got more memory banks so, there. Um, I'm going up to Loyal, Loyal and talk about Daryl Lashen. Uh, oh, okay. Daryl was born in Milwaukee and is a 1956 graduate of Pulaski, Milwaukee Pulaski High School and was a state individual runner-up in wrestling. After graduation, he enrolled at UW-Lacrosse, where he wrestled for three years. He graduated in 1961 with a degree in physical education. His first job was at Peshtigo High School, where he taught physical education and was head wrestling coach, which meant starting the wrestling program at Peshtigo. He remained at Peshtigo through 1964, when he took the head wrestling coaching job at Middleton High School and teaching physical education. In 1967, finding that small-town life really suited him well, he accepted a physical education job, teaching job, and head wrestling coach job at Loyal High School, a job he kept until retiring from teaching in 2009. Under his direction, uh, the Loyal Wrestling Program uh, rolled up over 350 dual-meet wins. His longevity in coaching allowed him to have comp competitive teams before the creation of class systems in the high school wrestling programs and also in both, uh, both Division IIs and Division III. His motto in coaching was to build young men first and the records will follow. Uh, Loyal Wrestling and later Loyal Greenwood Wrestling under Darrell's leadership won 25 conference titles, uh, three bi-state classic team championships, 14 uh, state regionals, three team sectional champions with state team appearances in 1995 and 1998. He had 75 individual conference champions and 66 WIA state qualifiers. Uh, Darrell coached six individual state champions. Uh, Bobby Meyer in 1976, 98 pounds, and Bobby's was in a one-class system. Uh, Rick Reith, 167 pounds, D3 in 1988. David Meyer, 140 pounds, D3 in 1993. Sean Verhulst, 1998, uh, 125 pounds in D3. Sean Verhulst again in 1999, 130 pounds in D3. And Jay Mills in 2004 at 152 pounds in D3. Verhulst and Mills' championships came for loyal, under the Loyal Greenwood flag. Darrell has always credited his kids, his wrestlers first and their families first for their dedication to the program and uh, the Loyal Greenwood wrestling programs. Darrell was elected to the uh, Wisconsin Wrestling Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2001. In 1978, Darrell started the girls' fast pitch program at Loyal almost by accident. When they began going into thinking, they began this program, they went into thinking it was slow pitch softball. <laughs> Finding out it was fast pitch right before practice started. <laughs> Since uniforms had been ordered, they decided to go on with fast pitch. They lost their first two games that year, but caught on pretty quick and went undefeated the rest of the year, winning the WIA State Championship <laughs> that year, 8-6 to six over Madison LaFollette. Wow. <laughs> That's catching on. Yeah, yeah. In, 1970, in 1979, the WIA went to two divisions. Loyal that year defeated Bondewell for the Class B Championship, 8-2. to two. In 1980, they again won the Class B title, defeating Bondwell 16-7. Loyal softball teams under Darrell would make six more appearances at the WI State Tournament. 
finishing second in 1988, 1989, and 1993, and qualifying in 1981, 1987, and 2004. Under Coach Lashen, the Greyhound softball teams won 508 games, 17 Corbell championships, and 19 regional championships. When Darrell retired from uh, softball coach, in his 508 wins ranked number one in the state of Wisconsin. Today, that number ranks fourth in Wisconsin. Uh, Bob Tomlinson of Poinette is number one with 703 wins. Darrell was elected to the Wisconsin Fast Pitch Coaches Softball Association Hall of Fame in 2011. Since Darrell retired uh, from teaching, he has stayed busy over the years helping out with middle school wrestling programs at Abbey Colby, Marshfield, and Stratford. In 2021, he was asked to start up the Granton Wrestling Program. Uh, in 2021-22, in they wrestled a JV schedule, and plans are to do it again this year. Last year, one of his wrestlers, Wyatt Carl, finished eighth at 195 pounds in the Wisconsin, Champ uh, Wisconsin Wrestling Championship Series, which is uh, equivalent to a JV state wrestling tournament. Darrell, who has been a longtime slow-pitch softball player, continues to be active in that sport, playing on 75 and older teams and 80 and over teams in national tournaments the last few years. Darrell and his wife, Mary, continue to make loyal their home as they enjoy retirement. Darrell Ashen. Wow. Yeah. That guy has done a lot. Oh, boy. Just unbelievable. Two Hall of Fames? Yep. Yeah. Wow. And just successful. And you know, he was, uh, when I was in younger, he was actually the baseball coach in Loyal at one time for a while. Oh, okay. And, and uh, middle school football coach. And, you know, he, he did whatever he had to do yeah, up there. So, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, he took that wrestling and the softball team to new levels that haven't been seen before. So, yeah, that story about uh, slow pitch and then they didn't know. And, yeah, <laughs> I never heard that one before, yeah. but wow, yeah, how about turning that around? Yeah, that is a great story. And, and he, he had the makings of a great team. That team, like I said, went on to win three state championships. And they also won uh, a 1980, they won a, a volleyball state championship. Oh, wow. So those, it was a heck of a senior class yeah, that year. Some good athletes. And they were sophomores when they started, but they were the spearhead of that program. So, All right. Daryl Lashin, where are they yeah, now? Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, the college football playoff rankings came out yeah. Tuesday night. Pretty uh, interesting that Tennessee is number one and Georgia's three, isn't it? Yeah, in the AP poll, Georgia's number one and <laughs> but Tennessee's number they'll three. They'll settle that one on the field this weekend. So. Yeah, yeah, so, that ought to be interesting. Yeah, so uh, Tennessee already knocked off Alabama. Yeah, but so. uh, a lot of people are talking that Michigan so should be four and not Clemson. Yeah, I haven't seen the Clemson schedule, but I don't think they've really played a strong schedule. Well, they're out of the ACC, so yeah, they're. But they say hurt. Michigan's non-conference schedule wasn't very tough. No, no, I've seen tougher and. And, um, you know, in I don't know who they've beaten in the Big Ten. I've seen the Michigan State game. but Penn State. They Penn beat. State. Okay, yeah. well, Penn State is – They're ranked. They're, they're ranked, so, that's, you know, that's pretty good. But, you know, when you play teams from the West, uh, you know, it's not a strong West this no. year for sure. No. You know, so you're not going to get a lot of love there. So, but uh, – Well, they, they got Ohio State yet. Yeah, yeah, and they, that's always going to be their marker. They go in and beat Ohio State, they're going to be in the top four. There's yep. no if ands. But yep. Alabama has a little rougher road, though, because they've still got to go through Georgia yet. And so. And they have the 
or is that, or would that be in the SEC championship? No, that would be. A, I think if they would lose to Georgia, they would not be in the NC. Cause wow. I, yeah. So it, you know, they almost have to beat Georgia to get into that title SEC games. championship. Yeah. So because I think Tennessee is on the other half. Yeah, I don't okay. exactly. I don't know which half. Yeah. How they work. I there. would have to look at it, but uh, you know, I said it's. They're they're going to try to find a way to sneak Alabama in there, but I know it's, it, 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 yeah, it's just like it's got to be done. So, but uh, I, don't, I don't, don't agree with that. You know, I, yeah, because you got a team like TCU hammering at seventh, and because they play in the in the Big Eight, they don't have much chance of moving up. No, you know, no, you know, cause unless somebody else, somebody's going to have to lose for them to move up. And 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 if Tennessee loses to Georgia, yeah. They're probably not. They're, they're fall. probably just going to flip flop, Larry. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, yeah. I, I think Georgia will go to number one. I don't think Tennessee's going to fall much farther than fourth. Just I because, would think. Yeah, because they beat Alabama. So, but uh, it's pretty good mix for good, interesting talk the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, all the way till December fourth. Yeah, when they I'm, the I'm just glad to see you know that Tennessee and Georgia can settle it on the field. Yep. That, to me, that's what it's all about. Yep. So, yep. so that'll be Saturday. I think that's a two thirty game yes. on CBS. Yes, CBS. So. Uh, Packers inducted a couple of guys into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Or will induct yeah, them. Neither one finished their career technically with. <laughs> yeah, no. you know, uh, Jordy Nelson was uh, let go. He ended up at the Raiders, and Josh Sitton uh, was let go, and he ended up going down to Chicago. And I think he later on hooked down with Miami. But uh, um, boy, what both great players! Yeah, uh, yep. Jordy Nelson is good a pass receiver. I think ever that we've seen in Green Bay, there's very few that were with with them, you know. But uh, and Josh Sitton was just a, a hammer yep. at guard, yep. and he was part of some pretty good. You know, you had Scott, um, I believe it was Scott Wells at center, and him at guard, and then T.J. Lang at guard, sure. and you know they just had some. They could really run the ball. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's so, a good line back then. Fifty second Hall of Fame induction is uh, August thirty first in the Lambeau Field uh, atrium for that. Uh, the NFL trade deadline came and went on Tuesday without yeah, the Packers doing anything. But a lot of action, more yeah. than I thought there would be. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of, kind of interesting that the Detroit Lions would take their starting tight end and trade him in the division. I mean, they got some nice draft picks. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but you know, are they? In a, you know, their defense is terrible. Their offense has been their calling card. I don't get that unless yeah. you're trying to stockpile. Uh, Obviously, that's what yeah, they're doing. You know, but. Uh, you know, Miami went out and paid a high price for Bradley Chubb, who's an excellent linebacker. But uh, uh, the story I heard about the Packers was they were they offered Pittsburgh the same draft pick that Chicago did for Chase Claypool, but Pittsburgh thought uh, Chicago's record would be worse, thus drafting higher. So they took Chica- uh, Chicago's <laughs> pick. So so the Packers. We're trying to make a move. Yeah, they were trying to make a move. I guess, you know, I, I, other than mortgaging the future, I don't, you know, they, and they do not like to do that. You no, know, no, Brian Gutekunst came up under Ted Thompson, so you they know like they're, they, they, they value their draft picks, but uh, we'll see. Yep. They're very thin at receiver, though, and it seems like every time they put Christian Watson on the field, he gets hurt. So yeah, it seems so, that way. But uh, Dobbs looked good, and they ran the ball well. Yeah. So. so Maybe they'll maybe, maybe they're turning the corner. I'm so, I'm real concerned about their defense, so Larry. Yeah. They just seem to can't see. And there's a, a lot of high. There's a lot of first round draft picks and some light, high price free agents on there, and they are not stopping people. No, so, no. So, so. You know, it, it, you really can't judge anything by the Buffalo game. I don't think anybody no. thought they were going to win that game no. anyway. Except, but, I, but they ran the ball really except, well. Yeah, Buffalo came in averaging seventy six, giving up seventy six yards a game, and the Packers went for over two hundred. So. 
I think, you know, the offense, even though Elgin Jenkins didn't play, the offensive line gelled very well in that game. Yeah, if they can start you getting know, that, maybe things yeah, will start Yeah, they to... moved Zach Tom to guard and with Bakhtari and then uh, and Runyon at right guard and then uh, Neiman at right tackle. And they seemed, and they did a lot of two tight end sets, too. Yeah. You know, and, of course, with as thin as their receivers, that's probably the best thing for them. So, so. Schedule doesn't get any easier. No. They I said got you got Eagles Detroit and... this week, and Detroit has always been a problem at Ford Field. Right. Uh, you got the Eagles, you got the Cowboys, you got some, and, you know, you're going to have the Vikings again later right. on. So you got, you got, you're going to have to pick your game up, but uh, we'll see. So, so. Gold Glove winners uh, were announced uh, earlier this week, hmm. and uh, Dalton Barshow was on the yeah, finalist at right yeah, field for the National A lot of new names in there, too. 14 yeah. first time recipients. Yeah, because uh, Walker from Arizona got first base, and Rogers from Colorado got second base, and Swanson, shortstop, and of course Arenado. That was yeah. a gimme there. Tenth but, straight for him. But uh, uh, Trent Grisham, who used to play for the Brewers, got got a Gold Glove in the outfield, and so did Ian Happ. And I don't yeah. think of Ian Happ as that great outfielder, but and I was surprised yeah. to see Christian Yelich as a finalist. Yeah, really, because he's not of all the guys the Brewers put in the outfield, he's probably their weakest outfielder. You know, yeah, far, you know, right. You know, so but. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So I, I was Burns in on a pitcher one. Yes, I he was. Yeah. He was top three. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah, lost it out he, to Freed. Yeah. Yeah. He, from Atlanta. He won it last year. I figured he was in the top three. So, but uh, yeah. And then I heard your story uh, yesterday about Dalton Varshall being eligible for arbitration. So, you know, you, you know, you're looking at probably seven hundred fifty thousand, probably getting over two million next year. Yep. So millionaire. Good, yeah. Uh, you know, 27 home runs and over 75 RBIs. So it's uh, he's a fixture out there. I so, think so. And he's yeah. he's playing very well in the outfield, and he can be their third catcher if they have to. So he's he, he's going to make a career just like his daddy did. Yeah, valuable <laughs> asset out yeah, there in Arizona. Bet. His dad, the coaches knew. His manager Jim Leland and those guys, they knew what a player he was, and they're finding out about Dalton out in Arizona too. So, all right, uh, one more note here that I had. Uh, about watching TV, I don't know if you've seen this. I posted it on our uh, website. The top eight of the 20 most watched programs in primetime television last week were either NFL football or the World <laughs> Series. Okay. You didn't get a actual show until number nine on the list, which was 60 minutes. Okay. Which is normally ranked yeah. number one right up yeah. there anyway. Green Bay at Buffalo was the number one yeah. ranked show. And 60 minutes usually does very well because they follow NFL football on CBS. Usually. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so get the lead already in. tuned in. Yeah, you know, and, uh, the Sunday night franchise with NBC, you know, they start that pregame show at 6 o'clock when most people are settling down. You know, the, the 3 o'clock games are just getting done. People want more, and they just keep going. Slow right Yeah, in. and uh, people are fanatics. And, you know, I don't know how things are on Thursday night with the Amazon Prime. I uh, The last I read... Um, the numbers had fallen from yeah. like 14 million the first week to like 8 million. Yeah. The new broom suites clean, you know, and then of course they, they haven't had the greatest, some of the matchups haven't been no. that great either. No. And, you know, and, and speaking, okay, Larry, how about this Matt, Thursday tonight? You've got uh, Houston at Philadelphia in football and then uh, um, Philadelphia at Houston in football and then Houston at Philadelphia in baseball yeah, tonight. So. That's right. <laughs> Game five of the World <laughs> Series tonight. And then they have, uh, yeah, what were the odds of that? Yeah. Of course, the rainout produced it. Right, but, right. Because it was earlier. But, uh, yeah. I, but even that matchup on the same week. Yeah, it's odd. You know, cause, yeah, because yeah, the 
the baseball teams had to go through a playoff to get there, and it just happened. But it just the, happened to be that same so, week. But, yeah, I, I wonder. I think Amazon Prime will be hurting for that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you got some real Philly fans, because I don't think you're going to get much uh, viewership out of Houston. So, and I think I think Philly fans are oh big man. time World Series me, Philadelphia yeah, fans. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all and, World Series now. Yeah, and like I said, they might be going for it. That might be the night too. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. We'll but, see what happens. But uh, World Series got a good on. World Series so far. Yeah. Tell you, Philadelphia's using some power. They're hot, and boy, they yeah, like I said, they hit home runs. I said, and they've got you go from uh, one through uh, eight or nine, you know, because yeah. you get down to Segura, he can hit the long ball too. And I said, that is so tough. You come out, you know, you got Ramuto in the second, and then Harper third, or, no Hoskins second, Ramuto third. I forget who bats leadoff. I forget who's it. Uh, I yeah, I can't. I'm not, I'm not that good with their lineup. I can't. I remember either, but uh, so. <laughs> but it's a good lineup. Yeah. And who would who would think? Oh, would... Kyle, oh, Kyle Schwarber leads off. Okay. Yeah, I said you go Schwarber, yeah. and then you go Riamuto, then uh, Hoskins, and then Harper. My wow. goodness, that's a killer. That's a killer. You know. Who would think we'd be talking about the Phillies? Yeah. And not the Dodgers yeah. or. Yeah. Padres. I, I think it's about time they took Rob Ta- Thompson's interim tag off, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They still call him interim manager, yeah, Rob I, Thompson. I, but I can't believe they're not going to keep him. I think I think uh, if some, I think Philly fans would just riot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What yeah. a turnaround that yeah, was so, when he came in. Yeah, Bucks off to a great start, yeah. Larry. Uh, kind of fueled after their opening uh, uh, road trip out to Philadelphia, they've had a six-game homestand, so that's. Hasn't and, heard at all. And I've heard Middleton is going to go play with the uh, the, the herd. herd. Yep, to get re- rehabbed and yeah. uh, should be back here. Yeah, sometime hopefully. This yeah, month. Connaughton's probably a couple weeks away yet. I think so. Boy, but, when they get those guys back yeah. yet. And Joe Ingold hasn't played yet either. Right. So, so but uh, and one other note. Uh, surprise, surprise. Who's the first coach was fired in the NBA? Steve yeah. Nash. So yeah. I said that had you know I said even though they said it was a mutual agreement. Yeah, I don't know. I said. I, I said Durant, you know, things were kitty wapas there when Durant's running around trying to find a free agent team to go to. Uh, ben Simmons is a nutcase, yeah. And then Kyrie Irving, you never know what you're going to get from no. him. So, so, but I think uh, Steve Nash was good to get out of there. Yeah, I think he's probably going to keep his sanity because of that. So. <laughs> yes, you're right. Because <laughs> he was starting to lose it. I mean, yeah, that one technical he had against when they played the Bucks. Yeah. Woo, he was yeah. like, his yeah. eyes were bugging out of his head. He acted like he wanted to leave that night. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he wanted to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, one other note, uh, the Nilesville Middle School boys basketball team starts tonight. Yes. Seven, uh, the seventh grade uh, plays at 4.30 uh, later today and yeah. followed by the eighth grade. Okay. They have good turnouts for those teams? or Yeah, they're, they're, they're over 10, I think, for each team. Wonderful. So, yep. That's wonderful. And they play yeah. up until Christmas. Yeah, and then the girls' basketball teams uh, technically start practice on Monday. So, right, yeah, varsity, and then the boys and the wrestlers start on the 14th. So, yeah. so, so it's winter sports time around here, yeah. so <laughs> just right into the next one, yeah. right? No, into the next no, one. no, no rest right. for the wicked, no, Larry. No, no. We got football tonight, <laughs> yep. again, or tomorrow, tomorrow excuse night. me, uh, Colby and Aquinas, seven o'clock on 92.7 Roger WPKG. Herring Stadium. Yes, there it is at UW Lacrosse. That's two guys on sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.